Good morning and happy Sabbath. It is really a pleasure to be with you this morning. And I thank Elder Calvin aside for the invitation. And it is my prayer that today's interaction will be very beneficial and a blessing to each one of you as we discuss the topic of faith. I'm going to share the screen and then we'll get started with our message of today. Let us bow our heads as we pray together. Dear Lord, we come to you because we can go to no other. We trust in you for our providence. We trust in you for all that we need. And as we discuss and share and encourage one another with these few thoughts, we ask that God, the Holy Spirit, is the speaker and the presenter of this message in Jesus' name. Amen. So, our verse for today, Matthew 17, verse 20. And he said, he replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And if you look at that picture, you would see that that is a mustard seed. So small, so insignificant, but with such massive potential. I have fond memories of growing up, especially when I think back to when I started primary school at Goodo Primary. Goodo Primary, right behind the building, has wide open fields. And immediately behind the building was a patch of white soft sand. And growing at the corner of that white patch of sand were two blue gum trees. And when I think of those times, they were quite memorable. You know, we used to come up with our own games. We used to shove paper into little plastic bottles and play games like Skalulu and Rover, Rover, on, on. But one particular activity was almost like a rite of passage. We who were new would climb up these blue gum trees. And in one particular tree, on the third or the fourth branch was a rope. And we would grab that rope as nervously as, as we were and swing off the branch and eventually land in the soft white sand. Those were really fun times. Of course, it tested your mettle and uh, you have to get over a fear of heights. But thinking about that tree, reminded me of where it all began, a seed. That tree started from a seed. If you take a drive up the east coast of the Western province, you would get to towns like Mussel Bay, George, Neisner, and Plettenberg Bay. And just outside of Plettenberg Bay, you would get the Titicama National Park, where there'd also be some forest areas, and in that park reserve, there is a tree called Big Tree. If you've never been there, I'd advise that you do that when you take the trip again. And go and look at this magnificent creation of God. It is so big and tall that they say on average it can take about 10 men to stand hand to hand around the circumference of that tree. And of course, it's meters into the, into the air and over 300 years old. 
they estimate between three and 400 years old. That is South Africa's version of big tree. But North America has the Sequoia tree, Yosemite National Park in North America. As you can see in the picture over there, the couple is standing between right in the core of the tree. You see that root system is even above ground and it goes up to 3.6 meters underground. This tree is completely resistant to disease, insect damage and fire. And it's almost indestructible. And this tree has an average lifespan of about 2,000 years. Think about it. When that tree started growing from a seed, Jesus was walking the earth in human form. Can you identify this, this fruit? Can you identify the plant, maybe? Well, there are some hints. This fruit draws its energy from water, nutrients above the ground and under the ground. And it grows to almost 200,000 times its own size. It's a favorite summer pastime in the Western Cape and South Africa. Black seeds. If you guessed the watermelon, you would have been correct. That seed grew into a watermelon. But did that happen overnight? Oh no. In a world where we've become so used to everything happening at lightning speed, we often expect the answers to our prayers to be exactly the same way. Microwave food, heated within minutes. Takeaway food, delivered within minutes. Internet, connecting us within seconds to the rest of the world. But faith and prayer is a different process. It is likened to the planting and cultivating experience. Where you plant a seed and it follows a process. And eventually after a season or a few seasons, it bears fruit. And sometimes we need to take a step back and appreciate the dynamic of faith. We also, to understand the potential of faith, we need to really understand the power of a seed. Really, looking at a seed, a seed is tiny, small. It is even unpretty, doesn't look like anything. But when that seed is put into the ground, underground, it's dark, a little moist, maybe even warm, that seed starts to swell up and shoot out. And it has to battle the ground and the elements to get its first glimpse of light. And as it gets through and breaks through the ground, it gets its first glimpse of light. And that is only the beginning. It is a painful process, but it is all part of the process. Faith keeps our dreams alive, even if it seems as if they are dead and buried. So remember, we are connected to a powerful source, the most powerful source in the universe, by faith and prayer. If we do the little things as if they are big things, like prayer and devotion 
then God will do the big things as if they are little things. That is what he promised. Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In our verse, Jesus doesn't accidentally use the analogy of the mustard seed. It is very purposeful. You see, the mustard seed has power and potential in that small vessel. While it doesn't look pretty, it's disguised and tiny, that mustard seed contains all the nutrients that you need to survive. Vitamins B1, B6, C, E, and K. Minerals iron, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, selenium, and zinc in one seed. Now, we would usually go to Discam and Clicks to buy those vitamins in cartons. And that is already contained in a mustard seed. The lesson I take from that is, a little faith goes a long way. In fact, a little faith will even last an eternity. So when the Bible speaks about a mustard seed, even though it is small and completely understated, it is filled with power and potential. Because once it grows, it, and develops, it continues to give and yield more seeds and more fruit. And then things grow from there. Faith grows when it is shared. When we face our challenges, and I'm sure we can all relate to challenges. And oftentimes when a challenge presents itself, what do we do? Maybe we call a council, or if we're alone, we'll sit down and start rationalizing, conceptualizing a plan to address that challenge. So we brainstorm. Instead of brainstorming, let's try brainstorming. You see, our biggest problem is our small view of God. Sometimes we think of God as being really, really small because we do not trust in the awesome greatness of the God that created the universe. And prayer is that link. It's the link between the difference that we can do and the difference that God can do. And trust me, that is a massive difference. Because now I'm reminded of a story in history um, which accounts for the name George Washington Carver. Now, George Washington Carver lived at the end in the 1900s, and he was a scientist. Not only was he a scientist, but he was also a man of faith. You see, George's favorite Bible verse was Job 12, verses 7 to 8. During the time that George Washington Carver lived, he, had been, he, has, he was faced with the challenge of ensuring the sustainability of agriculture in the United States. As a scientist, he was presented with the challenge of the failing cotton crops. Now, if we know anything about the United States, you know that the southern parts of the United States, the southern states are largely popular for cotton fields. And as they grow their cotton, it's used for, um, it's cultivated and used for various um, purposes and often also exported. But during this particular season, 
there was a, a disease that affected the crops and the land stopped yielding the crops that they needed. And George had to go and find a solution to this problem before the country ran out of income. What George did, like Job, he went and spoke to God. As was his custom, every morning at 4 a.m. he'd wake up and he would go into nature, walk through the forest and talk to God. Like Job 12, 7 to 8, George asked God to just reveal to him the mysteries of, of nature. And much like in Job's case, God said to George, look, I'd love to do this, but you just won't be able to understand what I can reveal to you. So George asked God, okay, Lord, reveal to me then the universe. And God said, no, George, try something a little more on your level. The earth, Lord, can you reveal to me the wonders of the earth? Again, George, it's way beyond your comprehension. Lord, then reveal to me why you created man. And again, God said, unless you are one of the Trinity, you would not understand. Try asking something that is more on your level. And the last attempt, George then said, well, Lord, in order for me to understand, let's try the peanut, the humble peanut. And God said, now there is something I can help you with. And George took that humble peanut and God really revealed to him the power and potential of a peanut. You see, when George took the peanut and started planting the peanut in place of the cotton, it gave the ground time to recover. Every so many years, agricultural land should be laid bare because it also needs time to recover. Everything in nature, you and I, need to rest our bodies at night. And every seven-day cycle, we need to break away completely for 24 hours from all the responsibilities and the cares of our life and focus and reconnect to, with God by faith. And so George took the peanut. He took it into a laboratory and he started dissecting and extracting from this peanut. And can you believe it? God gave George more than 300 functions and uses for the peanut. And when Carver, George Carver, Washington Carver, presented the findings to the U.S. government, they were mesmerized. I mean, he demonstrated a myriad of indigenous uses for the peanut, from glue, shaving foam, cosmetic products, insecticides, um, fertilizer for plants, even stain, staining your wood. So if you do carpentry, you'd be using a product that came from the use, from, made from peanuts. And of course, if we think back, when I think back to primary school and high school days, the good old fashioned peanut butter and jam sandwich can never be forgotten. All of that from a peanut. Because of Carver's faith, the economy and the livelihoods of millions of people were spared. 
because he shared his faith, others were inspired and drawn toward the greatness of his God. You see, once a seed is developed and it's established into a plant and eventually a tree and eventually its fruits appear, those fruits are shared with all around. People would eat from the fruit. Animals would eat from the fruit. And that fruit then would drop seeds in other areas, in other ground, and to start the process of multiplying the faith, multiplying the crop. See, with God, one tree can turn into an orchard. With God, one plant can become a plantation. Your seed of faith can grow to be a powerful experience and encouragement for others around. And we need to testify to that awesomeness of God's goodness. Every day, no matter what I'm going through, find a reason to be thankful. Thank you, Lord, for the breath that I breathe, the body that I have to function. Thank you for life and light and sight and sound, taste. Thank you, Lord, for the small blessings. And thank you for the challenges. Thank God for everything because he is awesome. He knows best. He never said that we will not have challenges. There are so many songs that talk about being refined in fire. I'm going into molding like the potter molds the clay. Those are painful processes. But he did promise that you will be you will walk through the fire. You will carry us when we become tired. We can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And so we are reminded that our faith grows when it is tested. James tells us, my friends, be glad. Even if you have a lot of trouble, you may learn to endure by having your faith tested. But you must learn to endure everything so that you will be completely mature and not lacking in anything. When the proverbial rubber meets the road, that is when our faith is tested. And when it is tested, that is how it grows. And when it grows, we share and it grows even more. Sometimes we go through tough times. But the psalmist reflects and he says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow, I will fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Your rod and staff, you comfort me. We are also reminded that God is not far from us. We are reminded that if I draw near to God, God will draw near to me. And while Jesus is not physically on this earth right now, he made a promise, and his promises are always going to be true. When I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself so that we can be all together away in the life that God had originally intended for us to experience. So, let me encourage you to read through Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. It is a beautiful depiction of how we can live a life of faith. It also brings to mind the song of days gone by where there is faith. I believe in faithfulness 
I believe in giving of myself for someone else. I believe in peace, love, honesty, and trust, but that, it's not enough. For all that I believe may never change the way life is, unless I believe that Jesus lives. And where there is faith, there is a voice calling. Keep walking. You are not alone in this world. Where there is faith, you can sleep like a child sleeping, like Jesus slept in the boat, because you believe. There's hope everlasting because he is able to carry every burden and to heal every hurt. And that, my friends, is a wonderful place. Yes, we are all on different walks of faith, different stages in our path. And no one can judge where the other is, except that we trust that our walk is with God. We can pray for one another. We can encourage one another and let us testify to his goodness. And we never know when someone else who is really struggling hears those encouraging words and reflects and is given renewed hope to continue the journey. Because ultimately, God never wants any one of us to be lost. He wants us to experience fulfillment, not only in this life, but the joy of the life to come. And as the song plays after the prayer, please be encouraged by the words. Please be um, hopeful that Jesus cares and will continue to care for you as we move towards the eternity that he has in store for us. Let us bow our heads as we pray. Dear Lord, Thank you for your love, for your faithfulness, and for your comfort. Thank you for your word that continues to speak to our hearts and minds and encourages us and guides us and gives us wisdom. When nothing, and every, nothing works and everything fails, we can always trust in you. Thank you for God, the Holy Spirit, that manifests in our lives. Help us to let go of our own dependency and be completely and wholly dependent on you. Yes, we have become reliant on many things, our technologies, we've become reliant on our income, our employers, businesses, investments we have. But Lord, without you, all of that means absolutely nothing. Continue to grow our faith. And as we strive to move closer to you, please draw near to us. In Jesus' name, amen.